Great experiment. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, welcome, want, to, I guess, to our uh, our post-game show, the Wake and Red Weekly post-game show. This is the first time that we're launching this, so we will be working through some, some kinks here, but bear with us. And, yeah, not really the note that we wanted to start <laughs> off on. Hey, gentlemen, first of all, let me introduce my, uh, my co-host today. We got Jeffrey P. Nesker. Uh, on my left here on the screen. And of course, below me, we got Mike Newell, who is filling in today for Mitchell Tierney, who's usually here. But we thank Mike for, for joining us, and we're interested to hear some of his thoughts today. Um, gentlemen, shall we dive right into things and, and talk about what what was that last 90 minutes or two hours, I guess, that we had to sit through? Uh, uh, Jeff, I'll start with you. What, what did you think? I'm spinning, man. I did the game thread on WTR. Then I had to screen cap like what six different goals without sound, which you'll find out later. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean it was a game, but uh, it was pretty craptastic. Also, I haven't had a beer yet, so if you'll permit me one second, mm. you got to chug uh, it. I'll man. join you. I'll oh, join okay. you. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm not chugging a a a, ro a Roddy a Rodenbacher. Yeah, I'll so, join you guys. That's my yeah. I'm joining you. Straight, straight uh, I think it's, actually, it's that kind of spill, game, you know. Spill, spill one out for the young guns because uh, <laughs> I, I imagine we're gonna we're gonna have to answer for ourselves quite a bit over the next uh, pause in in, uh, in in TFC games. I don't know, Mike. Uh, uh, you know, obviously you're still sort of half and half in the post game presser, and uh, any any interesting tidbits to sort of open the floodgates there. I guess the first thing that I'll mention is uh, Armist took full responsibility for this. Um, he said not only was he not good enough, he said he said the the team wasn't good enough. Um, so, you know, they're going to build off this. I like the fact that he wasn't willing to take any excuses. He was asked a question about the, the heat, the weather, whether or not that played a factor, and he straight up just dismissed that. He just said that really? we were sec second to everything today, and hmm. they just were not good enough. Um, is that something that you saw there down there, Mike? Uh, yeah. I mean, look, it, this was the same 11 that went out on Wednesday and poured everything into a massive result. So say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> this was the same 11 <laughs> that just poured everything out on Wednesday. But the other thing is, is look, Luke Singh had a nightmare game today in, in a lot of ways. And, um, I think what happened is he came back down to earth and that that could only be expected of a player that essentially is playing his first senior game with TFC. It's not his first senior game ever. He, he had senior games at Bronby on loan, but um, you know, it, it, it looked like a team that played Wednesday night and gave everything and then had to turn around in a lot of heat. I know they're not going to make excuses nor should they, but we're making excuses. <laughs> well, we are. I mean, like, let's, let's be real here. They, there are real things, uh, real yeah, factors yeah. Um, that this team had to go through. That said, um, I don't know if we learned anything super new about the team. I, I think that we the, the problems that we thought they were going to have going into this season 
high lines, slower center backs, maybe getting beat over the top is what we saw today, especially so. on especially on the uh, uh, the Romel Kyoto goal, right? Um, mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I think they were um, they were definitely second best to everything. Am I that surprised? I'm surprised at the scoreline. I didn't think they were going to give up ship four, but am I surprised that they looked like tired legs? Not necessarily. Yeah, fair point. So let's <laughs> let's dive into it, Jeff. Let's, do you have that lineup mm-hmm. uh, graphic? Let's bring that up. Let's talk. Oh about man, alive! <laughs> I absolutely don't. Why don't you talk about something else, and I'll just put it up really quickly. Yeah, no worries. Uh, let's. let's you want to start with the first goal then? Yeah, you mean you? I got to do stuff while I'm trying to do stuff. <laughs> sure, let's do that. All right. Uh, here's the first goal without sound because I'm. I just that's the way I roll. Of course, this was early on oh, in no, the no. match. Um, yeah. Very early on in the match. And then, yeah, I mean, the, the yeah. finish is right there in front of us. But the biggest mistake, obviously, was Aro Jr. Um, he wasn't able to make his mind up quickly enough. Obviously, he slips and was never able to recover. And then you have a three-on-two, which, you know, it, it's the fullback, Brogiard driving at the Toronto FC defense with Luke Singh and a really inexperienced sort of defender and Omar Gonzalez. They backed off too much. They gave Brogiard way too much time and they made a decision way too late. And when you go to step and make that decision too late, you leave the one option open. Of course it's looked, I mean, I think it's a stronger right foot because it definitely looked that way and it it, it set him up perfectly for that finish that, you know, he, he definitely could not have, could not have, placed any better and Alex Bono had no chance there so two kind of faults there for me on that play that's first of all Oro Jr. of course with with that uh slip up and the second one was Omar Gonzalez kind of being indecisive not sure when to step to Brogyard me personally I would have actually taken the striker knowing that it's a fullback running at you and it looked like I forget who was tracking back it might have been Oro it looked like he could have kind of got there for Brog to you know put a little bit of pressure on Brogyard I'd rather Brogiard be us than Mason Toy, um, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, you want to see the lineup now? Uh, m- before we do that, Mike, did you have something to say there? Yeah, no. I think, you know, I, I agree with that. I think that in a lot of ways, um, you would hope that your most experienced center back on the pitch um, would be able to realize the danger that's over his shoulder in terms of Mason Toy, right? Um, you know, this is the reason Montreal went and, and made the acquisition for him last year. Um, and you would think that in that moment, Omar would kind of be decisive. That's kind of, you know, that's what you pay him for. And that's what you want him to be in that moment. Um, and, you know, it, when you see the play developing, as soon as he kind of makes that kind of hesitancy half step, I think I'm going to take him. I don't, it, you just saw the space open up. Yep. Um, and at that point it opened it up, not just a space for a toy to run into, but the space for him to the channel for him to make that shot. Um, and he curled it perfectly. And at that point, you know, uh, as you said, uh, not much Bono can do uh, to stop that one. Yeah. Let's, let's go back and we'll, let's backtrack a little bit and um, line up time. Discuss, yeah. Let's discuss the starting 11. Cause Mike, you made an interesting point there. It's it's the same eleven from Wednesday from three four days ago, um, and to me that was sort of a little bit alarming. I'm like, we're we're not trying to win the the supporter shield this game, right? Like this isn't this isn't make or break for Toronto yeah. FC right now. So why are we fielding what could be 
possibly be what your youth believe is your strongest 11 that's possible right now against this Montreal team. It, it just, for me, I think that was a little puzzling. I have, I have so many thoughts. Um, the first is, do you think that um, because Leon had no tape on us, it was sort of a false, uh, a false positive. And now that there's game tape on us, I mean, they got so much joy on the wings, man. And there was almost no adjustment. I mean, to Armis's credit, he certainly tried to mix things up. Uh, but it was like Montreal found our kryptonite and and just kept punishing us. Um, it's a good uh, point. Other, no, it's a good yeah, point. My other, what was my other thought? My other thought was this. Um, the biggest knock on Armis when we hired him was that game where uh, the Red Bulls crashed out of the playoffs because I think it was versus Atlanta. And, you know, he had been destroying Atlanta during the season series with that high press. And then he pulled a Vanny and he absolutely, like, I think he did like a 4-4-2 diamond. Yeah. And Atlanta ran rough all over them. And there were no in-game adjustments. It was, that was just what it is. So is this a trend with Armis? Like, you know, Vanny maybe is the opposite, wherein he overthinks himself, you know, out of a, out of a win or out of a lead. But is there a certain stubbornness to Armis that we that we just saw today that maybe is a is a bit of a something that belongs on the negative column? That that's a bit too early. Super small yeah. sample size. Yeah, that's super I think small sample size. Way way too too speculate. Well, again, I think you know what I'm going to sit on it. Maybe down the road, like if you're calling, mm-hmm. if we're having this show, this exact same show in June, then mm-hmm. maybe we start to ring the alarm bells a little bit. Um, you know, with, with the way that he played, look, he, they were aggressive to start the game. They, they pressed as we kind of saw them do against Leon. The difference here was that obviously, as you said, Montreal was ready for it. Um, and they broke it. And once the, that's the risk of playing this kind of super pressing style where you're pushing your center backs up and you're asking them to be aggressive and step to midfielders and step to um, uh, forwards when they have the ball is that, you know, if you have Luke Singh stepping high and it's really just Omar and you hope maybe one of your wing backs or one of your, your, your left or your right back in mm-hmm. position to be able to, uh, to step in should you get beat. But if you beat that, you've got acres of space behind to run into. Um, and that's what happened really on the first two goals. And uh, funny enough, again, on the Mihailovic goal, kind of the same thing where you, you step um, really high or you're, you're, you're compressing space into the attacking try into the attacking half. But if you get beat over the top or if you are sloppy and give the ball away, then you give yourself an opportunity uh, to get beat. Um, and, and that's kind of what happened here. Mike, we have the technology. Would you like me to play the uh, silent uh, Mahalovic goal? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Which one well, was that? Because uh, I didn't actually. Play, I actually play, didn't play the second goal before you play that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do that. Cool. Mm-mm-mm. And while you're doing that, mm-hmm. I saw... okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we go. Right there. You go. See that? That's your space. You've pushed Omar and Luke so high that if you give the ball away, which ended up happening, you gave the ball away, and all they had to do is turn around and hit it long. Um, and it's not a it's not a complicated sort of weight break a press, but you have to be ultra careful and ultra precise in the way that you possess the ball when you're playing that way. Yeah, I think that was that was a very bad bounce that led to that ball over the top. 
Um, and to me, honestly, Luke Singh showed us a little bit of immaturity there, where I think a more experienced center back would put his body a little bit more on the on the stray on Kyoto there. He would make it a little bit more difficult for Kyoto, whether that is throwing him off balance a little bit, whether whether that is you know giving him a little of a nudge with your shoulder, something to make it a little bit more difficult. And Luke Singh obviously doesn't do that. I don't fault him for it because he's very timid there. He's kind of scared that he's he's going to give away a penalty again. That that's experience that'll come with these kind of growing growing pains, but. Um, it's disappointing that he was sort of left out to dry there by himself. And that's going to happen because of what we talked about originally in the lineup. There is not enough width in that lineup. So that's why you see the fullbacks, Richie Larea and Aro, pushing up the field higher pretty often. And when they're that high up on the field, it leaves just the back two center backs to defend. And Luke Singh showed great, actually showed great pace there. Kyoto's super, super fast. And Luke Singh was pretty close to keeping keeping stride for stride with them. Um, but he definitely didn't didn't have it in his t- his tank to to keep up. And what a finish too! Like, yeah, let's yeah. not take anything away from that. What a finish! Well, it, well, I think with with Luke, I think he did get um, done a little bit by an experienced forward, where you can kind of see Kyoto kind of. Um, mm-hmm. kind of stuttered him on the run. So he Absolutely. kind of he kind of slowed himself down and then sped up and that kind yeah. of put Luke, yeah, Luke and was he kind just, of chasing he, he, after yeah, that. Put him exactly. On absolutely. So that was absolutely But, but uh, that cursor in the middle of the pitch, shocking defending by that cursor that I captured in my screen cap, <laughs> by the way. Just shocking. I don't think they should ever start him again. Uh, uh-oh, Hi, we have guys. a guest. Hey, wow. it's me. Pat <laughs> Mullins is here. Nice. Patrick Mullins is here. I, I had a, a crappy game, but you know what? We still I'm love you, here. Patrick Mullins. I'm, I'm just here for some fast money, guys. All right. Hey. hey. My first question is, is Bradley really the best guy on the pitch to be taking the free kicks? On the <sighs> pitch? On the pitch then for Toronto FC? Today. What? Let me ask you that. I'll throw it back. At, what's I what's mean, the other me. option? You pitch at that point. So. <laughs> well, I'll leave that open. should have taken the free kick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that open to you, gentlemen. Too like uh, we had this discussion in our wake in the red chat. Obviously, it's kind of like eye opening seeing uh, Michael Bradley take the free kick. But who Is would you? Though? Who else? Who else would you? Who else would you have? Sign me out, Sebastian Giovinco. Well, <laughs> in a magic hot tub time machine. So, sure. so the answer is so, so the answer is yes, he is the best option on the pitch. That's what, that's what did what, what did what did Caldwell say? He said he expected someone to take it on their weaker left foot and then Bradley took it on his stronger right foot. Did I did I mishear that? Or uh, uh, uh okay. no. But I mean I think yeah, it, it, naturally he is you know, when you don't have a Pozuelo. And honestly, I actually think the best free taker, free kick taker on the team is Josie Altidore. Um, but, uh, you know, if you don't have, if you don't have those two on the pitch, which you don't or didn't today, um, it is Michael Bradley. I mean, maybe you can make a shout for somebody like maybe like Nick Dillion if he's on, because um, he does have this ability to curl the ball uh, really well. Uh, but uh, outside of that, you don't really have a lot of, players right now that you would say could step up and, and take a big free kick in that moment outside of Alejandro Pozuelo or Josie Altador. 
Yeah, I wouldn't okay. even say Michael Bradley could could really take that free kick in a big moment. Like that's just a fill in option for me because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's no better option there on the pitch. So to answer your question, I think he was the best option on the pitch, and I think that's very unfortunate to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, next question. I think I think that the criticism. I think you guys addressed this too on on seeing is a a bit unfair. I mean, at least on the fourth goal. Um, I don't know if you have it up there, Jeff. I do. I do. Gonzalez. Uh, Keep talking. I'll bring looked, it up. It'll uh, be amazing. Looked a bit lost on that one. He was totally frozen on a on a deke that I don't even think was made by um, by by the Michelle <laughs> player. That fourth um, goal. That was the header. The third, yeah, goal. that was the third, third goal. goal. Yeah. Yeah. What? Which, which <laughs> if, if we can bring that up. Um, well, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Let's not show how the sausage okay. is made. Right, so, the, what? Which one was that? Montreal's. Uh, uh, the fourth, the, uh, yeah, I think it's the Mahavich goal. Okay, oh. so then, you know, I'm, speaking, I'm of, finding... speaking of Mahav- Mahavich, if I can get his name pronounced correctly, mm-hmm. um, Montreal might have found themselves a real number ten there. They they gave up a lot of money for Mahavich. Again, I was going to struggle to say his name, but yeah. So watch Gonzo here. Watch this. Whoa. Yeah, great finish. Yeah. Like Singh great was finish, was but... he was playing he was playing it okay. I don't know about that, Kev. Uh, I don't know about that. I think he got caught in kind of no Just watch watch Omar here. Just watch Omar. Okay, hold on. I don't know how to do this. Look at Omar and only (laughs) Omar. Right? Watch this one. So Omar's dealing with two runners there. Yeah, so yeah, that's the the thing, right? I see one. Yeah. He's I mean, with the guy at the far post as well. Yeah. He's thinking about the guy at the far post. He doesn't know who's behind him. Um, yeah, but okay. Uh, specifically. Fair enough. And I think that um, Luke, it, it, uh, you know, in the way that he's defending it is okay. He's trying to keep the defender on him. But, I mean, he also got frozen as well um, right. and, and kind of let him skate by. And at that point, Omar is kind of stuck in, well, if I step to, you know, if I step to Mihailovic, I'm leaving whoever is behind me wide open. He just taps it over to him and it's a tap in for that person as well. So, um, look, no one covered themselves in glory, I think, today, um, other than maybe Richie Larea. Uh, but, mm. uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think you have a center back who's going through, going through some learning, a bit of a learning curve, who came back down to earth. Um, and, you know, a, a team that once they kind of got a lead, realized, hey, we, we've, got, uh, we've got a way to beat these guys today. Yeah. Okay, last honestly, question. Well, before you do that, let's just call a spade yeah. a spade. For me, that was pretty horrendous defending by Luke's Luke saying um, I'm one of his biggest advocates, but why he got caught in no man's land. Like mm-hmm. I guess he was guessing that the pass would be back, but it, the, the guy wasn't even there at the end of the play. There was no guy on his left yeah, shoulder by the end of it. Um, he just read that play completely wrong. And again, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. just goes back to his maturity and I don't, again, these are growing pains that are going to yeah. happen. I just, let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah. Okay. Last yeah. question. Um, mm-hmm. Is is uh, Thierry Henry a terrible coach? <laughs> because there was lots of talk on the on the broadcast about the identity that the that the club had, that Montreal had, the shape. You know, Piet is back into his comfortable position on the field. Um, what do you guys think? I'm going to wait until next week. I think that that's an outlier because they always show up for. Uh, for cold firm derbies, uh, you know, let's see, let's see how they do it in 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 Orlando on a on a rainy and humid Sunday night first. 
Yeah, I mean, also, like, I don't think I'll or like Tyrion Henry is a great coach. I don't think he's. Really oh, oh yeah, to answer your question, I I don't think he's a great coach either. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's really proven anything at really any job that he's had. I don't he he didn't do well when he was at Monaco before coming over to Montreal. And Montreal, he had a lot of people were scratching their heads at that some of the lineups that he'd throw out there. This lineup is clear that you know, as as Kevin said, like this team has a clear identity granted there are a lot a lot of new players but the manager has some sort of impact on that no pun intended um they have some sort of say in how this team shapes up and with Wanyama, Pia, uh, Sam Piet there in the middle you had the pace of Kyoto and Mason Toy up top this team looked a far more dangerous than they had in years past and it looks like they're going to be a team that clearly plays off transition um, and again, there's that structure when, when they shifted at five going forward, that's something TFC mm. couldn't handle. And they, again, they look structured. That being said, they had a ton of time to prepare for this match. And as Jeff said, uh, we'll, we'll give it some time before we give, uh, yeah. well, for Nancy, the, the, yeah, the, before yeah. I bronze him in, in exactly. In, uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. said, I mean, congratulations to, to Wolf Nancy. I mean, look, uh, I'll always say it, um, you know, black head coach is doing well. Um, it is a good thing in major league soccer. Uh, that said, yeah, I, I agree with the guys. I'm going to wait and see in terms of this Montreal team and, and see what they really are. Um, I think they were up for this game. It, it's really the games after that, where we're going to start to see, you know, whether or not they can keep that said, um, he got clearly got a song out of, uh, uh one Yama today, which Terry, Terry mm-hmm. was not able to do at yep, any yep. point last season. So, uh, that's already a win from a Montreal perspective. Very All right, thanks, point. guys. I think he's terrible. But. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that would kill Jeff. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you, Kevin, for uh, joining us. That's our producer, Kevin, by the way. That's that's yeah. the one. No, we that's Patrick Mullins. What are you talking about? Awake in the Red Week. Yeah, that's Team Patrick money. Mullins, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, moving on here, I wanted to try something a little bit new. Um, mm. This is something we don't really do on Awake That Weekly, but I, I, I'm going to take inspiration from another podcast that I've been on, uh, Reg Couch Banks. Shout out to Um And I wanted to hand out some awards for, for today's match. So Jeez. let's let's give out, uh, first of all, the Man of the Match Award. We'll come up with more clever names for these moving forward, but let's give out the Man of the Match Award. Now, it doesn't have to be just from TFC. It doesn't have to, like, it could be from Montreal. It could be from TFC if you, you saw someone that really stood out. But for you guys, what was your man at the match? Mike, we'll start with you because I think like, you have an answer ready. Yeah, um, from a TFC perspective, it's Richie Larea. Um, to me, I think he he stood out. He he showed why there is interest from Besiktas. Um, why also, I I don't know if he's going to be with this team come playoff time. Um, uh, you know, in terms of that that those dollar dollar bills might be going up um, based on that performance. Um, from an overall game perspective, I'm probably giving it to Georgi Mihailovic. Uh, I, I think he looked really good um, in those spaces, and partly we made him look good. But um, you know, I think that he, you know, he's got a bit to prove. I mean, if you know, if you if you've watched the Chicago Fire over the last couple of years, you know, this is a, a guy that came into that system highly uh, touted, highly touted throughout the league. Um, and, and really hasn't shown uh, sort of the promise that everybody glimpses here and there, but hasn't really shown um, that that promise. And, and today you kind of saw what Montreal think they can get out of him. Now, again, 
one game sample. Um, but you know, if he can continue that, then that's a, that's a big thing for Montreal. So those are my, uh, men of men of the matches. Sorry. I know I'm taking <laughs> a bit of a different direction than you probably were thinking, but that's, that's hey, that's, that's all right. That's, those are some great shows. Yeah. Yeah. As I mentioned, like Montreal paid a lot for that player. So they're expecting a lot. There was a lot of allocation money that Montreal gave up to bring him in. Um, and it looks like it could be a steal if he continues playing like this. So, uh, great shout there, Jeff. Who did you have in mind? For Montreal, his name is Victor. Last name, Wanyama. Uh, absolute beast today. Um, that's the guy that I used to watch in the Prem. Not the not the, the Chase and Shadows guy that was, uh, you know, carrying Henri's uh, suitcase for him last season. So, uh, there. Uh, for TFC, it's got to be Richie. It's got to be Richie. I mean... He's a game breaker, man. This 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 kid's a baller, uh, plain and simple. And uh, you know, I like I like. It's interesting. It never really phases him. I mean, he looks mad all the time, so it's not it's not easy to read his facial expression. But the dude's kind of zen. You know what I mean? Like you can tell you know, he believes I, in his ability. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a better way to say it than 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 vagaries. But yeah, you can tell that he knows he's got another gear to turn on. Um, and I think he's, tur- I think his intelligence is just getting more and more like, you know, when you're playing out in that humidity and that heat and he started and, and to have something left in the tank when nobody else does and you're uh, uh, an outside back. I mean, there, that's some smart uh, uh, self self man management, which sounds awful. I got to come up with a better term than that, <laughs> but, but you know, he, uh, he impressed me today. Uh, Last year, it was mm-hmm. it was Pablo Piatti who was the one who covered the most ground mm-hmm. for Toronto FC, most isn't covered, and I will be absolutely baffled if it isn't Richie Larea this season, because a as I mentioned, Larea plays really wide, so he gets up the pitch like so much for Toronto FC because he is that width. He's playing on the mm-hmm. same side as, as Mark Mark Delgado. Um, I gotta work on that. Make sure I get that right. You never Mark gonna stick. Never, never um, and Mark Delgado is the one kind of cutting inside so Richie Larea can go up that line. And a lot of the times when, you know, the ball gets turned over or whatever, it's Larea who's the one who's tracking back to, to help out the two center backs who are kind of left stranded there. And Larea is the one with pace who can do that. Michael Bradley got kind of exposed a little bit there in the midfield when, when those gaps between your defense and midfield are a bit too big. Michael Bradley sort of got exposed when, when he's running back because it looks like he's jogging back. Uh, the the pace that he's going and obviously he's asked, being asked to do a lot of work as well but it's something to watch for moving forward is is how does tfc i guess counter that counter attack how do they recover and for me most of the time it's richie larea saving the day and i'm going to be kind of concerned when larea isn't in this lineup and that happens well but that's yeah. the thing like I, I i the one thing i really loved near the end of this game through all through gritted teeth obviously watching the scoreline was his combination with Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy once he came in, um, the way that the two were able to sort of connect at times down the flank and obviously on Richie's goal. Um, you know, you can see these those those flashes of a player who's really, really in a in a high uh 
form or high form, mm-hmm. you know, in terms yeah. of the way he's playing right now, even the cut back to Michael Bradley, which Michael couldn't get his feet sorted out. Um, you know, he, he, you, you don't, you just don't know what he's going to do. He could either shoot across the face of goal or cut back. Um, and I think he, he, he puts defenders on skates and now he's got that little sort of turn, uh, on yeah. defenders who try to get tight on him now. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to play him tight and he can now turn him almost every single time he did it against yeah. Leon and he did it today again on the goal. So, um, yeah, definitely. You're seeing a, a player that's going to cover a lot of ground and also make things happen as a game breaker uh, throughout the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Um, and I, I love how you brought up Jaquil Marcerudi there. Obviously, he, he came into the match today. It wasn't really the most fortunate of circumstances. The team was trailing 4-1 in his MLS debut. Um, he came on during the, that 5 nothing drubbing against Philadelphia. So the two times he's seen the pitch so far, it's been in very unfortunate circumstances, but he's made the most of it both times. Uh, mm-hmm. Jaquil, for me today, he looked, he showed why people are so high on him. His movement yep. is, is outstanding, outstanding. His, his, he's reading the game so well, and you can tell he doesn't try to do too much. If you put Jaquil on a high-quality team where he can just play his role, it's not really what MLS is, but if you think about the European teams that are watching him and you put him on one of those teams, I think he can flourish because he can just focus on his position. He's so good at that. He's so good at reading the game. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, of growing that he has to do, but I've, I'm thoroughly impressed of what I've seen. He Again, he doesn't try and do too much, and for me, that's, that's the most impressive trait for someone who's 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And he, he did register his first career MLS assist today. So I want to give a quick shout out to Jaquil. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, so I think we don't want to go too much longer here on this this first post-game show. Um, before we do wrap up, uh, we did have some some really big news at Wake in the Red this week. And I'm happy that, Mike, you're here to join us here. Um, we, we announced a, a really important partnership, and that's with the Toronto FC BIPOC Fan Coalition. Um, for us on our end, what we can do to help out in any way, that's what we're trying to do. And we have a platform. We have a platform where we can amplify voices of, of minority people to be completely, you know, transparent. Is now we can we can use this partnership and members of the TFC BIPOC Fan Coalition, you'll now be able to find their work on Waking the Red. And that's something that I am incredibly proud of to say that's something my team is incredibly proud to say and i'm really excited for this partnership moving forward because it, there's more mm-hmm. voices in the community more voices of minorities that can be amplified is is the goal because obviously we're still fighting a battle here a battle that's still ongoing and we're just super proud of, of this partnership and what what we have planned moving forward yeah so let me oh okay no i was completely going to change the subject i was gonna just end it there so if you have anything to add by all means you go first no man i mean look i i think the the release that you guys uh put out yesterday really spoke to it you know it's the idea of uh amplifying racialized uh, voices in the in the tfc community and and um, having that opportunity to really talk about what's going on with this team. It, it's really exciting. I thank you guys for being proactive and reaching out to us and sharing your platform. 
I really do appreciate it. And I think, you know, uh, one of the things that we've talked about in terms of a future podcast, I'm going to do a little plug for uh, (laughs) uh, the House on Lakeshore podcast, which you can find on the Waking the Red site. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're talking about TFC's future and how that future is black, you know, Mm -hmm. and and a lot of these young players we're talking about, your Jaquiel Marshall Ruddies, your Jaden Nelsons, your Ralph Prizos, you know, they're, you know, you know, Julian Dunn's, you're, you're talking about, you know, black players coming from, um, you know, Brampton and in, in, in the Toronto, in the GTA area that are really going to shape the future of this club um, in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, a lot of uh, talk about that. I, I won't spoil it all uh, today, but uh, really excited to, to, to work with you guys and, uh, and uh, to a, to a, to a bright future. Hey, Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, yeah. yeah. Cheers to that. So, so we've got an article on the site uh that is sort of a link to this post game show and i'm going to open up the floor to comments on the thread um it's going to be like a variety show naturally uh i'll probably be too drunk to do this after some games at demo so there's going to be like <laughs> rotating hosts and and you know special guests like mike although uh, you know he's he's now part of the family so uh you know tell us what you'd like to see uh this was a lot of fun i enjoyed this tactical analysis uh, what I heard of it while I was on the on the decks, um, you know. Do do you want sound in in our clips, or do you prefer to not have sound? Because I got to say something. Uh, I liked not having a cacophony of of noise while we were discussing the plays when they do uh, these playbacks on our shows. Um, yeah. So I think that was a happy little accident. Uh, would you like me to to hide Waldo in some of the clips? You know, maybe we can have a, a game on the side. Uh, just just tell us. Just tell us what you'd like to see. Um, this this show more than more than anything else is is a variety show. It's it's all improv, you know. Uh, so let us know how how you think we did and what you'd like to see in the future, because uh, there's a lot more games to go, and hopefully they all won't be four to two to to the club foot people to the snow. <laughs> yeah, well, well said, Jeff, and let's <laughs> a little bit a little bit more of a positive note. Um, mm. This course was the first mls match for for chris armis he's the first one under his belt and perhaps that'll take you know the pressure off a little bit you get that first big loss out of the way maybe the pressure's off a little bit and you can just focus in on on getting things right and steering the the ship right because in every mls season you have your ups and you have your downs Mm -hmm. it's about not getting too high not getting too low uh jeff i know you want to chime in yeah uh just that there was a tweet that i really really liked yeah Uh, please uh it was uh, as a consequence of this, we're going to win the Champions League. So I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, and this I, is all the wood that I'm knocking on right now. Yeah, exactly. I wonder, yeah. I wonder, and, and maybe this is a question to ask in, in the press during the week, but I wonder if Chris Armas kind of looked at this because it was the first game and because it was a derby that he put a lot into this or, or was trying to put a lot into this to win it. Because um, obviously as a manager, you're coming into a new club. And Leon was one thing, but obviously a derby is another because uh, you know you're under scrutiny. I just wonder if he he might have been, you know, thinking a lot about that. And now that that's out of the way, he can kind of be like, okay, now let's get to let's really get to business. Let's get to yeah. business. Yeah, hopefully yeah. It's, it's just uphill from here. So um, this on is that not note, the first time. Yeah, this is not the first time that Montreal's had our, our number for illo- totally illogical reasons. Like they just come out sometimes, and and you know, it is what it is. True. Yeah, we were three and one against them last season. Hopefully, again, this is the only one that we have to talk about this season. Um, (laughs) On that note, uh, thank you, Mike, for joining us. We really do appreciate it today. 
Jeff, thank, thank you for all the work that you put in. Thank you to, our, I guess, our producer, Kevin, there for mm-hmm. showing up with uh, Patrick Mullins, actually. Let me correct myself. <laughs> Who's <laughs> Kevin, man? I had, do you have P-Money. any idea how many messages I had to leave on Patrick Mullins? You know how much I slid into his DMs just to get that little? <laughs> so, you know, give me some respect, guys. I, I, I spent a lot of credibility for that little, that little bit there. Anyway, <laughs> all you, Jeff, all you. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> TFC fans, thank you again for, for joining us. We, we thank you for all your comments in, in our comment thread. We all see, we see these all coming in a busy one today, and we're hoping to do more of this moving forward. And hopefully we just get better and better from here. But on that note, we'll see you guys next week against Vancouver. Thanks guys. Ciao.